the unicameral update. Published by the Unicameral Information Office under the direction of the Clerk of the Legislature. Title, Ban on Gender-Altering Procedures Expanded to Include Abortion Restrictions, Passed. A bill on final reading to ban gender-altering procedures for minors in Nebraska was modified and expanded May 16 to include a 12-week abortion ban after senators voted to return it to select file. Lawmakers gave the bill final approval May 19. LB 574, as introduced by Omaha Senator Kathleen Kauth, would have prohibited physicians in Nebraska from performing or referring an individual under the age of 19 for gender-altering procedures, including surgical procedures, hormone therapy and puberty blockers. The bill was advanced to the final stage of debate for the first time April 14 following a pledge from Kauth to work toward a compromise to be considered on the last round of debate. Bills on final reading cannot be amended, but senators may vote to return a bill from final reading to select file for consideration of a specific amendment. Senators voted May 16 to return the bill to select file to consider an amendment introduced by Senator Ben Hansen of Blair. The amendment modified LB 574 and added provisions to enact a 12-week ban on abortion in Nebraska. The amendment retains the ban on gender-altering surgeries for individuals under age 19, beginning October 1, 2023, but allows individuals who began receiving gender-affirming care prior to the bill's effective date to continue treatment. It also grants the state's chief medical officer the authority to establish regulations regarding non-surgical gender-altering procedures for minors. At minimum, the regulations must require that a healthcare practitioner may prescribe approved puberty-blocking drugs and or cross-sex hormones for a patient younger than 19 only if the individual has a long-lasting and intense pattern of gender nonconformity or gender dysphoria that began or worsened at the start of puberty. Other specifications include requiring a minimum number of gender identity-focused therapeutic hours and a waiting period between the time a healthcare practitioner obtains informed patient consent and the prescribing of hormone therapy and puberty blockers. The State Department of Health and Human Services may adopt rules and regulations consistent with those established by the Chief Medical Officer. Kauth supported Hansen's amendment calling gender incongruence a social contagion that is spreading among young people, she said it is the state's responsibility to set necessary guidelines to protect children from making life-altering decisions, comparing the bill to existing prohibitions against underage smoking and drinking. We put in restrictions to protect kids from themselves, Kauth said, restrictions that even parents can't override. Kauth also emphasized what she called a lack of scientific consensus about the short and long-term effects of gender-affirming care and said many European countries are rethinking the use of puberty blockers and hormone therapy. Hastings Senator Steve Halloran spoke in support of LB 574 and the amendment, saying he was against allowing children to make decisions that would surgically or chemically mutilate their bodies. Lincoln Senator George Dungan spoke in opposition to the bill and the Hansen Amendment, citing concerns regarding the constitutionality of banning medical care only for certain individuals. Federal courts recently ruled a nearly identical ban on gender-affirming care in Arkansas to be unconstitutional, he said, because it discriminates against transgender youth. The state's goal in passing that bill was not to ban treatment, it was to ban an outcome that the state deems undesirable. Dungan said. Omaha Senator Michaela Kavanaugh, 
who has engaged in extended debate on almost every bill this session to express opposition to LB 574, said the proposal would set a precedent of prioritizing the government over parents when it comes to decisions about medical care for children. Hansen's amendment also includes provisions that change Nebraska's 20-week post-fertilization abortion ban to a 12-week post-gestational age ban. The change calculates a pregnancy from the first day of a pregnant individual's last menstrual cycle rather than from the moment of fertilization. Omaha Senator John Kavanaugh, speaking in opposition to the amendment, pointed out that the difference between the two definitions could be as much as two weeks, which he said actually makes the amendment a 10-week ban. An attempt earlier this session by Thurston Senator Joni Albright to effectively ban abortion at around six weeks under her LB 626 stalled on the second round of debate April 27, when it fell one vote short of an attempt to cut off debate and force a vote on the bill. Ralston Senator Merv Reapy had attempted to amend LB 626 during select file debate. His proposal would have changed the state's current 20-week post-fertilization ban to a 12-week ban and included an exception for a fetal anomaly incompatible with life defined as one diagnosed before birth that cannot be treated and would, with all reasonable certainty, result in the death of an unborn child within three months. Reapy's amendment also would have repealed sections of existing state law outlining criminal penalties for providing unauthorized abortion care. A cloture motion on LB 626 failed before lawmakers could consider Reapy's amendment. Hansen's amendment to LB 574 retains exceptions for sexual assault, incest, and medical emergencies but does not include exceptions for fetal anomalies. The amendment also excludes the following from the definition of an abortion. Removal of an ectopic pregnancy Removal of the remains of an unborn child who already has died. An act done with the intention of saving the life or preserving the health of the unborn child, and termination or loss of life of an unborn child who is not being carried inside an individual's body during the practice of in vitro fertilization or other assisted reproductive technology. Healthcare providers who violate the bill's provisions may be subject to removal of their license to practice medicine. Nyabrera Senator Barry Decay spoke in support of LB 574 and the Hansen Amendment. Of the 2,360 abortions performed in Nebraska in 2021, Decay said, 309 were performed at 12 weeks gestation or later. As I see it, the amendment would reduce the number of abortions in Nebraska by about 13 percent, he said, potentially saving the lives of between 300 and 400 children each year. Senator John Kavanaugh of Omaha expressed concern that the Hansen Amendment does not repeal existing provisions in Nebraska law that provide criminal penalties for doctors who perform an unlawful abortion. Reapy supported the amendment, but asked Hansen to commit to work with him next year to address the issue of criminal penalties currently in state law. Hansen agreed. I believe most Nebraskans feel that 12 weeks, with reasonable exceptions, is a sensible, reasonable compromise that protects the unborn, protects reproductive rights and is legally defensible, Reapy said. Several procedural motions from opponents including points of order and attempts to overturn rulings from the presiding officer and to return the bill to committee for a public hearing on the Hansen Amendment were unsuccessful. 
Lincoln Senator Danielle Conrad expressed frustration with the debate process and the way that divisive, national issues had made their way into the Nebraska legislature. I think today was a very sad day where you saw citizens crying out for autonomy and dignity, and you saw the majority bend the rules if not break the rules at every turn in order to achieve a desired result, Conrad said. After several hours of discussion, Kauf offered a motion to invoke cloture, adopted 33-14, which ended debate on the bill and forced a vote on the Hansen Amendment and LB 574. 33 votes were needed. Senators then voted 33-15 to adopt the Hansen Amendment and readvanced LB 574 to final reading on a vote of 33-14. The bill returned to the agenda May 19. Kauf offered another cloture motion after an additional two hours of discussion regarding an attempt to again return the bill for consideration of an amendment this time offered by Omaha Senator John Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh said his amendment would have provided more explicit guidelines for non-surgical gender-affirming care for minors in Nebraska, a decision he said should not be left to a chief medical officer appointed by the governor, who may have no expertise on the subject. The cloture motion was adopted 33-15. to LB 574 then passed on a vote of 33-15 to and takes effect immediately. Title, Revenue Omnibus Bill That Includes Retail Tax Break Advances Lawmakers gave first-round approval May 16 to a bill amended to include more than two dozen revenue-related measures, including one intended to attract new-to-Nebraska retail businesses. Under LB 727, as introduced by Senator Luann Linehan of Elkhorn, purchases made by a non-profit corporation that is a party to a financial agreement with a governmental unit would qualify for a current sales and use tax exemption if the governmental unit's expenditure toward the project has been approved by its voters. Under a Revenue Committee amendment, adopted 37-0, a nonprofit's purchases would qualify for the exemption if the governmental unit's expenditure toward the project is paid in whole or in part with redevelopment bonds. The amendment also added provisions of 20 other bills that Linehan said are either non-controversial fixes to existing tax-related measures or new proposals intended to grow Nebraska's economy. The amended provisions of LB 74, also sponsored by Linehan, would allow construction contractors to be appointed as purchasing agents that could purchase materials tax-free, based on the buyer-based exemption of the contractor's client. Under the amended provisions of LB 96, introduced by Dunbar Senator Julie Slama, state sales and use tax could not be imposed on the gross receipts from the sale, lease or rental of baling wire and twine purchased for use in commercial agriculture. The provisions of LB 100, introduced by Senator Steve Erdman of Bayard, would allow certain waste treatment and disposal facilities to qualify for tax incentives under the Imagine Nebraska Act. Currently, livestock producers that invest at least $50,000 in a modernization or expansion project are eligible for a refundable state income tax credit under the Nebraska Advantage Rural Development Act. The provisions of LB 118, introduced by Plymouth Senator Tom Brandt, would decrease the minimum required investment to $10,000 for applications filed on or after January 1, 2024. Brandt's proposal also would set an application fee of $100 for an investment of less than $25,000, and $250 for an investment of at least $25,000 but less than $50,000. The current fee of $500 would apply to larger projects. 
Under the provisions of LB 165, sponsored by Senator Brad Von Gillern of Elkhorn, Nebraska Educational Savings Plan trust accounts could be used for up to $10,000 in elementary or secondary school tuition per beneficiary per taxable year. Under the amended provisions of LB 180, sponsored by Brandt, retail dealers that sell and dispense biodiesel could apply for a refundable state income tax credit equal to 14 cents per gallon sold. The State Department of Revenue could approve up to $5 million in credits each year, and no new applications could be filed after December 31, 2028. Under the provisions of LB 300, introduced by Linehan, state sales and use taxes could not be imposed on purchases by certain nonprofit organizations that provide community-based mental health or substance use services. The provisions of LB 344, introduced by Omaha Senator Christy Armendariz, would exclude property taxes that, as of the time of payment, were delinquent for five years or more for purposes of tax credits provided under the Nebraska Property Tax Incentive Act. The provisions of LB 384, introduced by Senator Elliot Bostar of Lincoln, would direct state sales and use taxes collected on the sale or lease of aircraft to the new Department of Transportation Aeronautics Capital Improvement Fund. The fund could be used to build, repair, renovate, rehabilitate, restore, modify, or improve infrastructure at Nebraska's public-use airports. The provisions of LB 407, introduced by Linehan, would extend the application deadline under the Nebraska Transformational Projects Act from December 31, 2023, to December 31, 2025. Under the provisions of LB 447, sponsored by Bostar, retired firefighters would qualify for a state income tax deduction on health insurance premiums they paid during the taxable year. Bostar's proposal also would make firefighters, their legal dependents and the legal dependents of law enforcement officers eligible for a tuition waiver. The provisions of LB 491, introduced by Von Gillern, would reinstate the Nebraska Advantage Research and Development Act, which ended in 2022. Under Von Gillern's proposal, businesses could claim credits under the Act until December 31, 2033. Under the provisions of LB 495, introduced by Albion Senator Tom Breezy, Nebraska Educational Savings Plan trust account distributions would not be subject to penalty if they constitute a rollover to a Roth individual retirement account. Currently, agricultural and horticultural land that has an actual value reflecting purposes or uses other than agriculture or horticulture can qualify for special valuation if located outside the boundaries of a sanitary and improvement district, city, or village. The amended provisions of LB 580, sponsored by Senator Rick Holdcroft of Bellevue, would strike that requirement and instead require that the land consist of five acres or more. He said the change would allow certain property annexed by Gretna that currently is used for agriculture to retain its special valuation until commercial development begins. The amended provisions of LB 584, introduced by Seward Senator Jana Hughes, would impose a tax on the selling or dealing of electronic nicotine delivery systems. For systems containing 3 milliliters or less of consumable material, the tax would be 5 cents per milliliter. For systems containing more than 3 milliliters, the tax would be 10% of the purchase price paid by the first owner or the price at which the first owner who made manufactured or fabricated the system sells the item to others. Under the amended provisions of LB 692, sponsored by Linehan, the State Department of Economic Development could approve applications to create good life districts. 
Proposed projects within a district would have to meet certain thresholds related to development costs and job creation. For a project located in a county with 100,000 or more inhabitants, an applicant also would have to demonstrate that, upon completion of the project, at least 20% of the project's sales would be made to out-of-state residents, and that the project would attract new-to-market retail businesses and draw at least 3 million visitors per year. Transactions occurring within a district would be subject to a reduced state sales tax rate of 2.75%. The amended provisions of LB 697, introduced by Senator Danielle Conrad of Lincoln, would make several changes to the Nebraska Job Creation and Main Street Revitalization Act and extend its sunset date from December 31, 2022 to December 31, 2030. The Act provides for a non-refundable state income tax credit equal to 20% of eligible expenditures, up to a maximum credit of $1 million. Under Conrad's proposal, the maximum credit allocated to any one project would be $2 million. For historically significant real property located in a county that includes a metropolitan or primary class city, the credit would be equal to 25% of eligible expenditures it would be equal to 30% of eligible expenditures in any other county. Beginning in 2024, $12 million in credits could be allocated under the program, $4 million of which would be reserved for applications seeking less than $100,000 in credits. Under the provisions of LB 704, introduced by Glenville Senator Dave Merman, the owner of an ABLE account or the representative of the account's beneficiary could distribute the account balance to specified individuals if it is less than or equal to $5,000 on the date of the beneficiary's death. Under the amended provisions of LB 706, introduced by Senator Mike Moser of Columbus, the State Highway Commission could, upon recommendation of the State Department of Transportation, issue up to $450 million in bonds between 2023 and 2029 to accelerate completion of highway construction projects, including Nebraska's expressway system under the Build Nebraska Act. The measure would extend the Act's sunset date to 2042 and require all bonds to be paid off by June of that year. The amended provisions of LB 732, sponsored by Bostar, would extend the application deadline for the Convention Center Facility Financing Assistance Act, from 2012 to 2030. The Act turns back a portion of state sales tax revenue collected by convention centers and associated hotels to cities to help finance the facilities. Under the committee amendment, a portion of state sales tax revenue collected by nearby retailers also would be turned back. Additional Amendments Linehan introduced an amendment that also would allow cities to use turn-back funds to repair or replace eligible convention center facilities. The amendment includes provisions of five other bills, including LB 623, introduced by Omaha Senator Mike McDonnell. Under his proposal, concert venues of a certain capacity would qualify for state assistance under the Sports Arena Facility Financing Assistance Act. The provisions of LB4, introduced by Senator Rita Sanders of Bellevue, would require veterans with a 100% service-connected permanent disability to apply for a homestead exemption every five years rather than annually. Also included are provisions of LB 529, introduced by Blair Senator Ben Hansen, which would update a law requiring some political subdivisions to participate in a joint public hearing, before increasing their property tax request by more than a certain amount. Among other changes, the measure would require a hearing to be held prior to September 24 rather than September 29 and require at least 
one elected official from each participating political subdivision to attend. Provisions of LB 97, introduced by Senator Robert Clements of Elmwood, would modify a reporting requirement related to inheritance taxes. Under his proposal, each petitioner in a proceeding to determine inheritance tax would be required to submit a report to the county treasurer in the county, where the determination was conducted. The report would include the amount of inheritance tax revenue generated and other information. It also would require the State Department of Revenue to compile inheritance tax reports from counties and make them available to the public on its website. Finally, Linehan's amendment would add the amended provisions of LB 577, introduced by Omaha Senator John Kavanaugh, which he said would update Nebraska's tax sale certificate process to help address equity theft. The measure would allow someone who purchases a tax sale certificate to apply to a county for a tax deed if the difference between 110% of the property's assessed value and the amount needed to redeem the property is $25,000 or less. If the difference is greater, the purchaser would have to foreclose the lien represented by the certificate in district court. Within 30 days of the county's granting of a deed, the grantee would have to pay any surplus, calculated using either the property's sale price or its assessed value, to the property's previous owner. Senator Carol Blood of Bellevue introduced an amendment that would exempt breast pumps and certain nursing supplies from state sales and use tax. It failed on a vote of 14 to 25. 25 votes were needed. After adopting Linehan's amendment on a vote of 40 to 0, senators voted 44 to 0 to advance LB 727 to select file. Title, Boston Welcomes a Challenge When faced with the perennial question what do you want to be when you grow up, children often have big answers, president, actor, astronaut. For Lincoln's newest state senator, the answer was a little different. Ever since she knew what a prosecutor was, Senator Carolyn Bosson wanted to be one. I wanted to be a prosecutor my whole life, Bosson said. Even as a small child, I had a fierce sense of justice and wanted to make the world a better place. Bosson spent several years in different county attorneys' offices handling cases that many would shy away from. Everything from child abuse and neglect to domestic violence. The cases were emotionally challenging, but the work was collaborative, something that's still important to Boston, and it was a vocation that she could feel good about at the end of the day. For all the upsides, however, when she and husband Reggie had their third child, Betsy, the work schedule was simply too much. We were like ships passing in the night, Boston said. So, she stepped away to focus on home and family, but quickly realized that she still thrived on a challenge. In addition to the kids' swim team, soccer and dance, Boston found time to volunteer at their school and as a coach for the University of Nebraska College of Law's trial team. She also plays in a golf league and helps out in her husband's commercial heating and air business. I'm not a good sitter, Boston laughed. She often took the kids to the Lincoln Children's Zoo, the Lincoln Children's Museum and anywhere else they might find adventure or get a little time outside. That strong connection to the outdoors is at the heart of the family. Boston and her husband met on a spring break camping trip with mutual friends while she was in law school, and camping remains one of the family's favorite activities. They make frequent trips in their bunkhouse camper to Branched Oak Lake, Mahoney State Park and Indian Cave State Park. The annual Halloween event at Indian Cave is a highlight. 
Many families bring extra campers to set up as haunted houses, she said, and display elaborate decorations for the trick-or-treaters. That's our end of the year, big extravaganza, Boston said. I didn't really go camping when I was growing up, but I definitely love it now. Boston was appointed to the legislature in early April to fill the seat of former Senator Suzanne Geist, who resigned, and she sees her new role as an extension of her work as a deputy county attorney. This opportunity presented itself and I thought, okay, this is another way to be involved in public service and try to make positive change, Boston said. Lawmaking echoes the spirit of teamwork that animated her earlier career, she said, where everyone shares the goal of the best possible outcome, but may differ on how to get there. Boston said she can appreciate her legislative colleagues' good intentions even when they disagree on policy. The process is much different than I thought, Boston said. It's collaborative and you have to find a way to agree to disagree on some things. I knew that theoretically, but it's another thing to be a part of it. Committee Appropriations Title, State Budget Package Passed Lawmakers gave final approval this week to the seven components of the state's $10.7 billion, two-year budget package following successful cloture votes. Among the measures passed May 17 was LB 813, which makes adjustments to funding for state operations, aid and construction programs in the current fiscal year ending June 30, 2023. Lawmakers rejected a number of attempts to return the bills to select file for amendments and other procedural motions, offered by Omaha Senators Michaela Kavanaugh and Megan Hunt to extend discussion on the measures. After two hours of debate and a successful cloture motion, which ends debate and forces a vote on the bill, Senators voted 44-2 to pass LB 813. Following additional successful cloture motions, Senators also passed the following bills May 17. LB 816, which appropriates funds for the salaries of the state's constitutional officers, on a 44-2 vote. LB 815, which appropriates funds for the $12,000 annual salaries of state senators, on a 45-1 vote, and LB 799, which changes judges' salaries, judgeships in county courts and the Nebraska Workers' Compensation Court and provisions relating to the Nebraska Supreme Court and the University of Nebraska College of Law on a 40-0 vote. Senators passed the final three components of the budget package May 18. LB 814, passed 42-3, is the mainline budget bill and contains funding for state aid and operations. Among other provisions, the measure authorizes $335 million for a new state prison and $8.5 million to increase reimbursement rates for child welfare service providers. LB 818, passed 41-3, authorizes new fund transfers and changes and eliminates provisions regarding existing fund transfers. The bill includes a transfer of $574.5 million from the cash reserve to the Perkins County Canal Project Fund to be administered by the State Department of Natural Resources for a canal to divert South Platte River water from Colorado to Nebraska. The measure also transfers $1 billion from the state general fund to the newly created Education Future Fund and state's legislative intent to transfer $250 million annually going forward. It also places study and reporting requirements on the transfer from the state's cash reserve to the State Department of Correctional Services for a new state prison. Under the provisions of LB 818, the state's cash reserve balance will be approximately $780 million. Finally, LB 282, 
which approves approximately $27 million in tort claims against the state and agency write-offs, passed on a 42-0 vote. All of the measures took effect immediately upon passage. The governor has five calendar days, excluding Sunday, to sign, veto or line-item veto appropriations within the budget bills. If budget bills are returned to the legislature with line-item vetoes, the Appropriations Committee must report on the fiscal impact of the vetoes within one day and may offer a motion to override any, or all of them. Thirty votes are required to override a veto. Committee, Health and Human Services Title, Statewide Behavioral Health Model Adopted Lawmakers passed a bill May 18 that implements a new statewide delivery model for behavioral health service provision in Nebraska. LB 276, introduced by Lincoln Senator Anna Wishart, adopts the Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic Act in an attempt to increase access to outpatient mental health and substance abuse treatment through service delivery coordination with community partners. The CCBHC program requires the State Department of Health and Human Services to develop a prospective payment system through which providers will be reimbursed based on the anticipated cost of providing required services to Medicaid recipients on either a daily or monthly basis, rather than on a fee-for-service basis. Under the bill, DHHS is required to apply for a Medicaid state plan amendment through the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to implement the bill's provisions by January 1. 2026. LB-276 also states legislative intent to cap general fund appropriations to the program at $4.5 million annually, which will be matched by federal funding. The measure passed on a 46-0 vote and took effect immediately. Committee, Urban Affairs. Title, Pandemic Funding Update Expanded, Advanced to Final Round. A bill that would update a measure passed by the legislature last year related to federal pandemic funds was expanded to become an omnibus urban affairs measure and given second-round approval May 18. LB 531, as introduced by Senator Terrell McKinney of Omaha, would make cleanup changes to the Economic Recovery Act passed by the legislature in 2022, which provided funding for pandemic recovery projects in North and South Omaha and other communities that were disproportionately impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The 2022 measure was designed to use Federal American Rescue Plan Act funds, as well as transfers from the state's cash reserve, to fund grant programs through the Economic Recovery and Incentive Division of the State Department of Economic Development. Among other provisions, as amended on general file, LB 531 would create and outline administration of the North and South Omaha Grant Program and authorize a $180 million grant to a primary class city to fund a water treatment plant, land acquisition, well fields, permitting, pumping and transportation costs for potable water. Lincoln currently is Nebraska's only primary class city. McKinney, chairperson of the Urban Affairs Committee, offered an amendment on select file, adopted 37-3, that replaced the bill. He said the amendment represents the committee's priorities for the current legislative session and includes a number of measures meant to spur economic development across the state. Omaha Senator Justin Wayne supported the amendment, saying it would result in an additional $11 million for projects in western Nebraska, including adding site acquisition, preparation and rail spur construction within 30 miles of the state's largest reservoir as a qualified use of an IHUB grant. McKinney said he worked to find innovative funding sources for the bill's grant program, including crediting investment earnings from the Perkins County Canal Project Fund, 
in fiscal year 2023 to 24, fiscal year 2024 to 25 and fiscal year 2025 to 26 to the economic recovery contingency fund. Elmwood Senator Robert Clements objected to the amendment, saying interest from the canal fund, which he said could be as much as $40 million a year, should be credited back to the fund to guard against likely inflationary increases in the cost of the canal project by the time it is built. Among other changes, the amendment also added the provisions of McKinney's LB 629, which would update the Middle Income Workforce Housing Investment Act and the Economic Recovery Act. It also includes provisions of several additional bills. LB 33, introduced by North Platte Senator Mike Jacobson, would allow the mayor of a first- or second-class city to vote on any matter that requires a majority vote of the city council, if there is an absence or the council is equally divided. The provisions would not allow the mayor to vote when a supermajority vote of the council is required. LB 45, originally introduced by Adams Senator Myron Dorn, would create the Revitalize Rural Nebraska Grant Fund for first- and second-class cities and villages and provide $1 million in general funds. The program would be administered by the State Department of Environment and Energy and grants would be used to demolish dilapidated commercial property. The provisions of LB 98, introduced by Jacobson, would make changes to micro-tax increment financing projects by allowing limits on the number of expedited, reviews of redevelopment plans, denial of redevelopment plans and an optional resolution before an area is declared substandard and blighted. LB 170, introduced by McKinney, would harmonize the definition of a blighted area under the Nebraska Investment Finance Authority Act and the state's community development law. Also introduced by McKinney, LB 223 would require all cities that adopt an affordable housing action plan to submit their plan to the Urban Affairs Committee electronically and provide an option in the report to show effort toward an affordable housing action plan or to implement such a plan after it is adopted. LB 342, introduced by Gehring Senator Brian Hardin, would remove a requirement that home inspectors register with the Secretary of State every even-numbered year and allow them to renew registration within 45 days of expiration. It also would provide that registration is valid for two years. Finally, LB 532, introduced by McKinney, would make a number of changes to the state's community development law, including requiring an extremely blighted designation to last for at least 25 years, extending the deadline from 24 months to 60 months for housing studies in all but metropolitan class cities, and placing limits on creation of new redevelopment plans in areas already designated as blighted. Other Amendments Omaha Senator Justin Wayne offered an amendment based on his LB-474, which initially would have required the State Game and Parks Commission to purchase or receive by donation, and subsequently manage, the Mayhew Cabin Historical Site in Nebraska City. The purchase originally would have been financed with $1.5 million from the State Settlement Cash Fund, with an additional $2 million from the fund to construct a visitor center, and $950,000 from the fund for exhibit fabrication, historical interpretation, and staffing. Wayne said the cabin once was the home of John Kajai, who later fought alongside abolitionist John Brown and died during the raid on Harper's Ferry, Virginia, and recently was recognized as an underground railroad site by the National Park Service. The cabin currently is closed to the public, he said, due to damage from the 2019 floods and a subsequent legal battle over whether responsibility for repairs lies with the foundation that currently owns the cabin or Nebraska City. 
It would be shameful if we lost this site, Wayne said. Dunbar Senator Julie Slama supported the amendment, saying the cabin was an important destination for southeastern Nebraskans and others, including student field trips, for generations before it closed. This is the only recognized existing stop on the Underground Railroad located in the state of Nebraska, Slama said. This site is worth preserving, it's worth protecting and it's worth ensuring that generations of Nebraskans to come are able to learn about this valuable historical site. Elmwood Senator Robert Clements objected to using the state settlement cash fund for the project and noted that the Game and Parks Commission has deferred maintenance issues with buildings that they already own and operate. Wayne then offered a floor amendment to his amendment that instead simply would require the commission to purchase or receive the Mayhew Cabin historical site and subsequently rehabilitate and manage it. He said the state's existing 309 task force for building renewal could be used to structure and facilitate the transfer. The amendment was adopted on a 38-0 vote and the underlying amendment was adopted 40-0. Another amendment, offered by Senator Jane Raybould of Lincoln and adopted 28-4, added her LB-329. The provisions would prohibit the state building code from limiting the use of a refrigerant designated as acceptable for use, under federal law as of January 1, 2023, as long as any equipment containing such refrigerant is listed and installed in accordance with safety standards and use conditions. Senator Danielle Conrad of Lincoln brought an amendment to add provisions of her LB-462, adopted 31-0, that would update qualifications for owner-occupied housing units under the Middle-Income Workforce Housing Investment Act. The amendment would increase the qualifying cost to total construction costs of no more than $330,000. Following adoption of two additional technical amendments, Senators advanced LB-531 to final reading by voice vote.